0: So this bolt of lightning shot across the universe and inspired me with the idea that we have to do a podcast. And that's what I wanted to tell you. We should do a podcast. Okay, bye. i mean, I to hit record. Okay, I hit record. I don't know why I asked. I was doing it anyway.
1: <laughs> All right, welcome to Feature Creep, colon.
0: built-in microwave. Semi-golden.
1: Uh, whatever the fuck this podcast is about. Um, yeah. I mean, you've read the title, so you know why you're here. Uh, and also, if this is your first podcast, um, welcome. And we appreciate you. And we hope that you enjoy listening to what we have to say. And you can also join in on the conversation. Um, or at least you can leave comments uh-huh. and send us messages. Uh, you can email our executive assistant, Dana. She's been extremely helpful in fielding those emails. Her email address is Dana D A N A at FcBM.io. You can also go directly to our website, fcbm.io, and find our contact information there. Um, and also other episodes of our podcast or wherever you're listening to this, like iTunes, et cetera, Stitcher. Um speaking of like publication, like I noticed that a lot of people are pulling their stuff from um from uh what's it called? Spotify.
0: Oh, and, are we jumping on the Joe Rogan? I mean i like
1: the more every time i read about it um and i've been watching a lot of uh the daily show lately and trevor noah always has like I i feel like a very good take on it um and like when he first he has two clips that i watched that were uh or two segments that i watched where he talked about it and the first one um he was kind of like He was trying to kind of be like, well, you know, I think we should acknowledge that there was um, recognition on Joe Rogan's part for making these mistakes. And then (laughs) the second one, when it came into came came to terms with him using the N word and also kind of being called out as like, you know, saying racist shit. um, I really appreciated uh, that. um, That Trevor Noah kind of points out that he's like in the segment where. Joe Rogan says racist shit where he's not even using the N word. He basically has this story and I, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to get too in it, into it because fuck I don't I've never really cared for that like I don't know him personally and I don't really care but that particular yeah. media outlet is not interesting to me anyway. Right. Um, but he says Trevor is like even Joe Rogan a moment later after he says it says that's racist what I just said. Yeah. And so the fact that now he's saying it was not is is not helping the situation and I've always felt right. like um like my immediate thought to all of this is like have I said racist shit I'm sure I have because I'm white and I'm a man whether I meant it is secondary to the point of the fact that my sheer existence is part of the problem in some way I mean it doesn't make me a bad yeah. person but it's like I'm standing on the side of privilege and benefit from racism yeah and just the fact that I've you know like you know, I try to be conscious about it and not do those things and be like aware of it. And that's all great, I'm sure. But I can't speak to the like, I'm not the one who is like suffering from this. It's there are people right. who are being harmed by this every day. And so it anyway, um, was, yeah, it's a weird tangent. It's, yeah.
0: <laughs> yes. Go on.
1: Oh, I was just going to say to kind of bring it back. I, uh, I was going to say, um, Th- should we pull our inf- should we pull our show from Spotify I think oh, we right. can because I think I think Um, even though they don't give us any money for it, it's just a way for people to find our show. I do know Mm -hmm. we have some listeners who I think listen on Spotify. Um, Yes, I
0: can think of one specific person for sure. Yeah, so if you
1: listen on Spotify, we would love to hear from you your thoughts and concerns about this. I also know we have a lot of listeners who don't use any platforms and just take our feed directly from our website, which I would encourage you to do if that works for you. Um, You know, Our goal is just to make it easy and convenient. I don't like necessarily that other companies potentially make money off of something that we we don't like we make. Yeah. You know, we produce this for free. Um yeah. you know and we don't have any plans to do otherwise. Um just kidding, we sold out. We have a commercial. Are you ready? <laughs> no, just
0: <kidding. laughs> Buy our shit, buy our
1: <laughs> shit. <laughs> <Right>. um, <laughs> no seriously uh anyway well uh yeah so if this is your first podcast um welcome listen to uh maybe check out some of our earlier stuff or anything in our back catalog that might interest you if this one's not really grabbing your attention um also if we're just like not fast enough for you because we definitely meander in and around <laughs> topics um so uh yeah
0: these guys are too slow right this is taking forever.
1: Yeah. Uh, so what is. Hi, this? Buster. <laughs> yeah. Good boy. Buster is our confirmed one dog listener that we know for sure mm-hmm. listens to the podcast on the regular.
0: He listens to us all day. So he doesn't care how meandering we are. He really
1: doesn't. He's like, take no. longer. It makes me feel better. Um, yeah. Buster is an older, fuzzy little sort of chihuahua mix kind of terrier looking dog. Um, mm-hmm. He's adorable, but he's very old. Um Very anxious. Yeah, very anxious. Uh, Okay, so, um,
0: yeah. So the it's interesting too. uh, Just a thought before we move on to the next topic that the problem with like (laughs) the problem isn't even necessarily Joe Rogan. Mm -mm. The problem is that there are enough people who want to listen to what he says that a platform like Spotify can like pay him as much as they pay him because they know that there's enough terrible people out there (laughs) whatever he says there's going to be an audience for it and like anybody who makes a principled stand and leave spotify is like totally cool to do that um i don't think it's going to matter to spotify
1: right right yeah
0: they're not unaware of who they've paid
1: right right well and i mean they're but it will matter in a sense that um They don't they don't care. Their whole thing is like any apology they issue is just a matter of like, hey, we like to make money. That's what we're doing. Did we make a mistake? How can we make money better? Like that's that's all they're ever going to say. Like they're the only kind
0: of mistake they're going to pay attention to is one that costs them something.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So so I think um, I think there's reason to leave um, because, you know, let's not put our money into institutions that are. You know, let's not reward them blatantly. Yeah, Um, right. In our case, I think it's more just a matter of like, we're we're not even a drop in the bucket. We're a bit of like water vapor over the surface somewhere. Um, and the fact that we're there or anywhere else is kind of not going to be a big impact. But again, if you're listening to this and you have strong opinions about it, we'd love to hear it, and we would love to know what you think we should do. Um,
0: I don't have any particularly strong opinions about this one because I don't like. I haven't waded into what the actual arguments are. I'm not sure there are any actual arguments. I don't know. I I mean, it's like, yeah, nobody ha- like this. A bunch of people, what I've heard complaining about it are like, are like trying to ground their anger in arguments about free speech. And I'm like, no, that's not what free speech is about. And, and right. in, at any rate, it's not about the, not the way that you're thinking of it. Like nobody has protected speech in this arena like right. nobody is forced to provide or give joe rogan a platform and no one is like this is not an issue of censorship this is just like right. free speeches about whether or not the government can put you in the jail for saying some shit about them that's yeah. it Yeah, that's exactly. it yep. it's not even a positive right it's right. not even a positive right to say whatever you want it's a negative right to be left alone when you say things that are critical of the government and to be left alone by the government. That is what that right is about. Nothing more. Yeah. Nobody has to provide a platform to anybody. Right. This is not a free speech issue. No. Spotify is a private company. They can do whatever they want. Yeah. So can Joe Rogan.
1: Yeah. I mean... If you don't like
0: it, don't fucking listen to and, it. And
1: and that's the thing, too, is it's like there's not... Um, in no way, like if they completely shut him down and blocked all access to his podcast, they that's that has nothing to do with your access to it. like that's you, right. They can't do that to our podcast. They could right. pull us off their platform all day long. It wouldn't make any difference to us. nope, if it's not. we can continue to speak on this platform that we've created because um, we own all parts of it, so
0: right um, and anybody who wants a platform can go do that.
1: Yes, yeah. I
0: exactly. mean, there are practical and logistical and financial considerations to that. Yep. But no one will prevent you from doing that.
1: Right. And we've also, um, I guess this would kind of, I'm not extending this to a white supremacists <laughs> for sure. Um, if you are someone who is interested in podcasting, we've actually uh, discussed the idea that we would love to support people who are looking to um, maybe try it out and see if they liked yeah. it or, you know, maybe serve a host, a couple of audio files that they want to, um, you know, host up and we're happy to help you with that if we can. Um, and again, all of this, you just email Dana. She'll get you in the right direction. Um, yeah. Watch like tomorrow or whenever after we publish this, it's just be like this, like
0: Inundated thousands
1: with. of emails. And it's like, oh, Dana's like, fuck
0: you guys. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm going to need to get paid now.
1: Yeah, I need. I'm going to need you to not double my salary but provide a salary at
0: all. Right. Hey, um, what if we quadruple the salary? No, no, I'm serious.
1: Yeah, I'm serious. Like real money. Not jokes. Real money. Not jokes about, you know, deducting pay or paying more or whatever. Um, right. Yeah. Uh I mean we so, yeah.
0: Yeah yeah but that that would be super great i would be
1: be, yeah yeah i mean like my friend dave does um how art works uh on our podcast on our platform um i believe it's like through pop of fire it's been a little while since i um how art works
0: and that podcast is way different from ours
1: yeah yeah it's on how art works by da carter is on apple is his feed can be found on on itunes um and he hasn't he hasn't really updated it in a while but he's got i think he's got uh he's got 18 episodes that are just fantastic like he definitely um, stays on topic if you're looking for someone to do like deep dives (laughs) and talk about things really great does some interviews um yeah and so anyway um if that's something that interests you, we're always like happy to kind of at least discuss it and see if there's something we can do to help you yeah. um, move forward with your, your own voice. Cause honestly, some like, you know, burnt, burned up old, uh, old white people talking about art and design on the <laughs> on the internet is nothing new and probably not that novel. Um, All right. but I don't know. It's uh it's our art therapy. So let's therap let's therapize ourselves and talk yes. about so should we talk about brandolina's law um that's
0: what i think we should talk about Brandolini's okay. law it's fantastic it is on point and on topic for like discussions of joe brogan
1: yes yeah absolutely that's great um and we can actually weave this in a little bit to some ideas i had earlier uh we have in the past done a couple many episodes now i think on the concept of designing a dystopia um and I yes. I had thought that Brandolina's Law really fits in well with that. I also had, had the idea that um perhaps if you've listened to those old episodes um and you've been like following along, not that you need to listen to them in order to appreciate this, but um <laughs> I think we got a little bit um or at least I got a little too focused on this idea of like the perfect dystopia. <laughs> and um which is Is kind of funny now when I say it out loud. I also want to point out that I think Lauren are often frequent um, recently, especially recently, our frequent uh, uh, co-host has also I think she also mentioned this kind of idea that it's like um, like (laughs) dystopia means different things to different people.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, everybody's hell is a private one.
1: (laughs) Right, right. Exactly. So, um, yeah, anyway, I... I was thinking that actually um, there's many parts of dy- of a dystopia that don't actually have to be perfect and can kind of be um, like you don't have to create the perfect amount of suffering. You can create like a, uh, you know, just just degrade people's lives in general yeah. by some action or by some like governmental institution. Or
0: I can't recall now if during the dystopia conversations we talked about a movie called Wrist Cutters, a love story.
1: I, I feel like you've mentioned it before, but we talk so much that I don't I know. know if it was part of a podcast. In the context or yes, out of the yeah. context
0: of the podcast. Um, so I'll just bring it up and explicate a little bit in case we haven't mentioned it before or in case somebody hasn't heard me mention it before. Um, but what you just said about the dystopias not necessarily having to be like perfect dystopias. Yes. Like um, Wrist Cutters, A Love Story is all about where suicides go when they die because they're you know in this story they're not allowed into heaven and but they don't go to hell either where they end up in this story is in a version of reality Mm -hmm. that's just slightly worse than the last place you came from so like every time they go and get cottage cheese containers from the store it's like half empty and almost spoiled and um like you can't get a tent without a hole in it right um just things like that so it's like it's just like where you came from but just enough worse to be a little bit like a punishment um (laughs) and i i really liked um the banality of the dystopia in that particular storyline
1: yeah, I I often think about the idea of punishment and how um it never seems to it seems punishment just as a concept seems so broken because yeah. it often isn't it it's often couched in the terms of like you're you know, we want to control this thing about what you d- what you're doing. Like you did it wrong and so we want to correct you.
0: Mm-hmm. But if
1: we're not correcting you it's like are we holding it as like a a consequence that is cuz consequences aren't necessarily the same as punishment punishment is this like artificial structure that you're like okay yeah based on your past it's behavior it's an imposition it's, it's an, an imposition imp- yeah and it's like based on your past behavior we're going to now inflict this damage upon you this harm upon you mm-hmm. and so it becomes kind of but but you're not like, like I think about in this case, like with the risk cutters idea, like, like how is that going to solve anything? Yeah. Cause like if you're, if you're, you know, committing suicide because you feel bad about your environment and your lot in life and you're not, you're not okay. Like it's, it's harming you in some way. And so you're trying to put an end to that. And so the thing that you do in order to put an end to that, um, the control you try to take over your own life ends up causing you to endure more of the thing that you don't want. Right. Like, so now that again, like you're at this new level of like, Oh, there's even more of this thing that caused me to commit suicide in the first place. And so like, it's just like an insane, you know it's an insane race to the bottom like you can't yeah like no one that's not a favor anyone's doing you for sure like no one you know if there's some outside mm. entity that is like created this environment in order for people mm. to have this experience but
0: mm-hmm.
1: anyway um
0: right yeah. um yeah punishment is a really strange concept yeah. And like i don't know we were oh, we were talking about the panopticon in school the other day oh and like we were talking about, uh, like, I tried to, because I attend classes remotely, I tried to, like, throw it in the chat and, like, be like, wait, wait, like, we're missing a, cre- a key critical component of this discussion. Um, so, we were talking about the panopticon in terms of um, its ability to, like, control people. And the Panopticon was this idea that Jeremy Bentham came up with and Jeremy Bentham of the auto icon, Jeremy Bentham. And I feel like anytime we talk about like old philosophers Uh and they're like, like there are ideas that have become foundational to like our society all these years later, I feel like we need to kind of like give the full credentials when we talk about them. So like Jeremy Bentham was like a philosopher in England in the nineteen eighteen hundreds. Mm hmm. Everybody's like, oh my god, he's kind of like the 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 like king of the hill of utilitarianism and shit, yeah. where it all started. And like the he gave Foucault this idea of like the Panopticon that Foucault expanded on and talked about punishment and shit. But Jeremy Bentham, the, like everybody gives him all this credit for these great ideas, but he also insisted that the board of regents anytime they met at the university where he taught like they had to wheel in his dead ass body that was preserved as an auto icon which was basically like a mummy of him propped up on a dolly (laughs) that they wheeled in and then eventually due to like shit falling apart over time because you're dead dingbat his head fell off (laughs) and then in order because the board of regents made this deal with him in life they just would like bring his head to meetings (laughs) so that's the guy who's talking about how fucking smart a panopticon is so just think about that for a second before you swallow this idea whole okay um, so mr panopticon influences foucault who's all about like fucking punishment and shit and yeah. like probably a psychopath anyway he is like the panopticon is amazing because no matter what every the whole idea is there's a central tower if you've seen um like guardians of the galaxy that's where they got the idea for the prison in their, in oh, their movie yeah okay So the Panopticon has a a central tower and and none of the prisoners in this prison can see into the tower, but the people in the tower can see out and can see every prisoner at all times. And so the idea is in this tower is always a watchful eye and no matter where you are or what you're doing, the eye can see you. Uh Okay, that's just the start of it, though. That's not Uh even the interesting part. The interesting part. So this is like a prison. This is a prison. It's called the panopticon. Okay. Panopticon meaning like you can see everything at all times, right? And so it was a a design. It was a hypothetical design. You know, like Charlie Munger wants to design dorms and Jeremy Bentham, whose head falls off and still goes to meetings, is like, I think you should do a prison this way. Uh So um, the panopticon, like the reason that it's so powerful and insidious is that eventually... When, when everybody gets it into their head as a prisoner that they're being watched all of the time yeah. and that anything they do that transgresses a ruler boundary in prison will get them punished because uh-huh. the watchful eye is always watching, a revolution takes place in the thinking of the people in prison and they just start to police themselves because they think they're always watching and the point of the panopticon that we sort of missed in class that i was like wait this is the point though the point is not that you are policed by someone who is always watching the point is that you police yourself because someone might be watching right not that they are watching that the very possibility that they're in there somewhere, you wouldn't know one way or another. So you just police yourself and you do your dirty work for them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Gross.
0: So, we, yeah, it's fucking awful. And so, like, we were talking about this in class the other day and I was just like, but you guys, you're missing the point that, like, it's the self-policing that's so bad about this. Right. Like, right. oh, God. Anyway, uh, tangent, tangent about prisons.
1: Well, no, I mean, this is... uh for sure designing a dystopia um having a feature of like the perception of always being watched by some outside policing force
0: it's like grown-up santa claus right yeah it's the same thing like we do this to children and tell them if you don't if you do things that nobody can see you're still going to get punished (laughs) yeah Yeah. you know and like it's super gross that's why i hate the elf on the shelf too Uh uh-huh like the elf on the shelf requires repeated deception. Like yes. it's really creepy and horrible. I mean, it's like prolonged sustained
1: i am I'm reminded effort. of um uh I've been watching I've been rewatching what we do in the shadows the TV show. Yes. And uh there's uh, the episode where they find out they're visited by a ghost. And um actually several ghosts and they they end up like summoning their own ghosts because there like the whole idea in that show the way the ghost work ghosts work is that yes. it's a soul that has unfinished business right right and so um <laughs> in the early part like the best part of course is that nandor and uh if you're not familiar with the show it's this like just i think if you listen to this podcast you'll probably also enjoy the show but maybe not yes it's um,
0: probably there's a lot of overlap in the venn diagrams of audiences there yeah
1: but um anyway the uh there it's the basic setup is just that there are these group of vampires living in this house um <laughs> in in uh in brooklyn right no I think on it's, staten, I think it's island. staten island yeah <laughs> on staten island and um and so anyway uh nandor is like there's <laughs> there's a married couple and then nandor who is um like a, a really old sort of like dictator like brutal
0: from the ottoman empire yeah like or from the ottoman empire like, like some yeah. kind of like brutal turkish or something or yeah um, i can't remember
1: some kind of tyrant and uh yeah. but they're all just like these sort turkish of tyrant yeah turkish tyrant yeah um <laughs> anyway he's talking about his uh he's mentioning about the ghosts and he's like i always thought they were just uh you know like children's stories to scale the, scare the children so that they could scare the energy out of them so they could go to sleep or something like some weird ass fucking weird like, explanation. yeah weird explanation but that idea that um the way that children would feel tired and go to that they would go to sleep is to just terrify them
0: <laughs> right scare them to sleep
1: right And I I feel like Santa (laughs) Claus ties
0: them into a coma Yes,
1: Santa Claus (laughs) elf on the shelf like all these fucking modern day versions of that Um,
0: yes god yes just terror terror terror-based child rearing yeah great Uh, that maybe that could be the title of our podcast today terror-based child rearing (laughs) um yeah I punishment is such a weird thing and it doesn't like fix any of the things like I this is what I never understood about like the the legal system and like capital punishment like you killed someone and that was bad because killing is bad so to punish you we're gonna kill you which is bad uh-huh <laughs> like you're just doing the same thing that you're getting somebody in trouble for doing which doesn't yeah. make it's like what doesn't make any sense to me uh,
1: the death penalty is always like i the fundamental issue i've always had with it is that it 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 really makes no opportunity for making amends right there's no opportunity for and I making amends doesn't mean that like the person who was, you know, victimized, like do they they don't have to give their forgiveness. They don't have to like they can. That's not the point of it. The point is like they yeah. can make some amend to society where it's like, you know, you've caused this harm and perhaps you can, you know, spend some of your life fixing that harm that you caused right um yeah
0: but, the difference this is like categorically the difference between retributive justice which is punishing people for doing bad things and restorative justice which is fixing the shit that was done bad right. so that is not bad anymore if yeah. you can help it
1: yeah um and i mean i get all of this stuff is nuanced and and there's lots of gray areas and it's not like a yeah. kind of thing but anyway um yeah uh yeah
0: so the other thing we're going to talk about oh yeah um besides good enough dystopias which is such a great idea yeah good enough dystopias. Uh, yeah. so look for more dystopia series podcasts i think the next one would be number five right
1: yeah i i especially thought about that in the context of um doing the um like the anti-human architecture i forget what that's mm-hmm. called where like ha-
0: hostile architecture ho-
1: hostile architecture yeah, yeah like putting spikes on on you know under underpasses where people might homeless people might sleep so that they can't sleep there
0: or Things shelter like from a tornado or
1: shelter from a tornado etc cetera, etc cetera. um you know like making park benches that have individual seats with like uncomfortable railings on them so that there's no way to lay down on the park bench yeah. so that you have to sleep on the ground next to it right. Um, right. as opposed to being able to sleep off the ground on a park bench um yeah so
0: right Ridiculous. yes um what else were we going to talk about oh a cake vending machine a cake vending machine was my idea
1: yes cake vending machine um.
0: So speak. I just, yes. <laughs> I just invented a cake vending machine. Uh, and what I mean by that is I had an idea about a cake vending machine. Um, We just watched The Inventor, that documentary about Elizabeth Holmes with our neighbor, Kara, oh, yeah. who had never seen it before yeah, and did not know anything about Elizabeth Holmes with any specificity, uh-huh. which was an absolute delight for me because I'm so obsessed with that story and yes. how totally fucked it is uh-huh. and how like nobody wanted to believe that right um to the tune of like nine billion dollars yeah uh no i want to believe this is true and i'm gonna put nine million dollars behind it um so it, it was great because within the first few minutes of that documentary kara was like okay can you pause this for a second and yeah. i was like yeah sure and well, what's up uh and they said well it seems to me like um what they're advocating for here as this new technology is actually medically impossible. And I was like, you're not wrong. And there goes the rest of the movie. (laughs) Like, you can only imagine where it goes from here. And so we watched the whole thing. There were several times where we had to pause it to like absorb what was happening and expressed the incredulity that it had even gotten past this it, point in the yes, editorial process yeah. like how did he ever make it this far and like somewhere halfway through the movie kara's like oh my god how much of this is left
1: <laughs>
0: i was like it but keeps wait, going it gets
1: worse yeah.
0: <laughs> it gets worse and like somewhere halfway kara's like but what happened to all the blood <laughs> Where did it go? Uh-huh. what did they tell people so um, we were yeah, we watched that, and we were very entertained by that and had a really good time and um, I can't remember exactly why I brought that up, but anyway, something about
1: i've I've actually um oh I mean, cake
0: vending machines yeah, cake vending machines. so yeah. i had f- I had kind of forgotten about this a little bit, but like there's um a point in the movie where Elizabeth Holmes is describing like her sort of ambitious nature that yeah. she's had since childhood and she was describing in the movie um uh, to the interviewers about how at the age of like 7 or 8 yeah. she had like designed kind of like I would I imagine is like a worse version of a Peter Draw's spaceship that was like you know like um, it was a time machine it was a schematic for a time machine she's like I invented a working time machine with full schematics when I was seven and I'm like no you didn't you made a drawing you made a fucking drawing you didn't invent anything you had a thought and then Uh you made a drawing like it doesn't work there is no time machine you didn't invent anything which explains entirely her mentality and like oh I invented this blood sucking machine that solves all these problems (laughs) no you didn't you made a drawing
1: it. oh you man you drew
0: a thing right and so yeah. like that I, that it was just cracking me up because like the other day i was like wow well, check this out a cake vending machine i just invented a, cake, just invented canf- a, cake, a cake vending machine, machine. <laughs> look at that i just did it i just invented it a cake vending machine who doesn't want one of those
1: oh man that's that's ridiculous i so i would argue meg that-
0: kazowski cake vending machine inventor
1: yeah I, I entrepreneur mean- yeah speaking of uh <laughs> speaking of just thinking of something and then writing it down on a piece of paper and then yeah. declaring it uh invented um uh-huh. i can imagine like all of the all of the crazy designs that peter draws puts down on paper all the time and oh, yeah. how how much i would rather he was the one saying i invented this i'd be like yes, yes you did yes, like
0: you did peter
1: yeah um <laughs>
0: i like to think that somewhere like in the same way that like plato's forms are real Uh that like peter's drawings are actually real in some way in like an alternate universe where they just like are are like these sentient things that exist Uh in and of themselves
1: yeah yeah no i love i love that
0: um so this all sort of like teleologically points to our discussion about Brandolini's law, which is also yes. known as the bullshit asymmetry principle. In other words, uh, it's, it's a saying that emphasizes the difficulty of debunking false, facetious or otherwise misleading information. According to Wikipedia, um, it states that the amount of energy needed to refute bullshit is an order of magnitude larger than is needed to produce it. So, it's way easier to put bullshit out there than it is to correct it or fix it or chase it down or convince other people that it's even bullshit in the first place. Right. (laughs) And uh, the origin of Brandolini's law was apparently um, uh, Alberto Brandolini, an Italian programmer, in January of 2013, uh, stated that he was inspired by reading Daniel Kahneman's Thinking Fast and Slow. Right before watching an Italian political talk show with journalist Marco uh, Travaglio Travaglio, Travaglio, and former Prime Minister Silvio Berlusconi, infamous at this point, Uh, he was watching all these people attack each other and and noting that um, Daniel Kahneman's book, Thinking Fast and Slow, sort of like was playing out writ large in front of him while these people argued with each other pointlessly on television. Other notable philosophers and thinkers have sort of pointed out this same principle. Um, Mark Twain is sometimes erroneously quoted according to Wikipedia. So I don't know if that means that Mark Twain said it, but the quote is wrong or the quote is correct and we don't think it was Mark Twain. But either way, it says it's easier to fool people than to convince them that they have been fooled. And the actual quote dictated for his 1906 autobiography straight from Samuel Clemens is the glory which is built upon a lie soon becomes a most unpleasant encumbrance how easy it is to make people believe a lie and how hard it is to undo that work again. Um, So, yeah. uh, In other words, like Joe Rogan can bullshit as much as he wants on his podcast and it's not even that's the problem. The problem is just trying to convince people of what is or is not bullshit and then undo the harm that believing that bullshit might cause. None of which is actually attributable, strictly speaking, to Joe Rogan. Right which is another reason why i'm like why are we even having this conversation about this man's fucking podcast
1: yeah let's not
0: yeah so uh but the bullshit uh asymmetry principle is like definitely worth talking about and it has like it has just so many God, so many examples everywhere i mean i think it's even like um there's got to be some kind of thing in like production too like i think of like it's super easy to make plastic but it's really hard to get rid of it
1: yes yeah there's lots like of this
0: seems to carry over in physics and biology and chemistry too right
1: right like there is that um what's it called um the my brain man like i've been it's uh,
0: midday and we're old people so and we're, like, it we're old
1: people right <laughs> it's not quite sundowners but when man when it's when it's getting there <laughs> we're getting there um,
0: <laughs> if we both get like if we both end up with dementia i hope we get to live closer together
1: yes yeah we'll definitely we'll have to make that happen so we can okay. uh, enjoy each other's dimension in more immediate detail um, right <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: yes yeah, so um you can't think straight but yeah. something you were thinking about something
1: um well the the whole thing about um like order and chaos and how uh yeah. you know um Oh God, what is the physics term for it? I feel
0: chaos theory?
1: Not chaos theory. Um just everything is going towards um randomness.
0: Uh Oh, entropy.
1: Entropy, thank you.
0: God, yes. what's
1: wrong with me? Um
0: It's okay. The,
1: yeah, the that that idea that um even in creating order, you're creating entropy like as a side effect. Yes. And so in expending your energy to create order in something, um, something else must go towards more entropy. Um, Yes. Like as a law of, you know, or as an observable physics, you know, standard of the universe, right? Like that's what we observe and
0: Mm -hmm. doesn't
1: seem to be any way to fix that. And this feels a little bit like that, right? So it's like, it takes more energy to create order and it takes no energy at all for things to go to entropy. um,
0: Yes.
1: Which is to say like, it's much harder to, hold on to the truth than it is to hold on to a lie. Yeah. Or to an untruth to something that's not actually real. Um, yeah. Yeah. I was also wondering like, is this a problem that the, I mean, it, it seems like the internet accelerates this issue. Mm. Um, yes. And, or the ability to communicate quickly and, and to, you know speaking of having large broadway reaching platforms
0: yeah um, well it's interesting because like you can spread bullshit exponentially but if you are trying to manage bullshit you have no choice but to address every point on its own right it feels like like you can you can't correct for something in an exponential way as well right Right. Like it doesn't follow the same pathway. That's yeah. really weird and interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Like why would, why shouldn't you be able to like, if you can spread exponential misinformation, then you should be able to spread exponential information to correct their misinformation. And therefore like the only thing that it would come down to probably is the unwillingness of people to absorb it. Right.
1: Right. Um,
0: or maybe not, obviously not the only thing there's never only, only stuff. Right. But like, uh, I don't know. Like,
1: it's it's kind of a hard it's i mean part of the problem is that we're you know a lot of a lot of the like the misinformation is about concepts that are um really fairly abstract from our normal everyday lives right Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. like if we're talking about misinformation about vaccination um or the nature of disease or the nature of like infection and how it works and the mechanisms the problem is both that it's very complex and outside of our, um, you know, the tools we have to communicate about it are things that are relatively new, both in in history, uh, you know, like the ideas and the concepts are really like, you know, in the last hundred years, like we've made leaps and bounds in our understanding about human biology and biology in general and how yeah. those things work. And, Hell yeah. and so a lot of the, the terms and the concepts are things that, both you can't observe directly with the naked mm-hmm. eye most of the time, like you can't really observe virus particles doing their thing. Even right. if you can, if they're fairly large and you can see them under a microscope, that that's a far cry from understanding the nature of how they work and yes. interact, um, especially our own bodies and how our bodies work. It's at such a, you know, a, a, like a low level molecular level, like all of mm-hmm. the machinery and, and sort of, various mechanisms that are in place on that level like we're relatively new to understanding as a species um or like as a society as a whole and so you're already you know no one's primed to understand that really right i mean some of us maybe like you know have a little more education in that direction and so we're maybe a little bit better to receive it but i like i studied biochemistry and it's been a long time since i've really like kept up with it and so you know it's been interesting to read about the stuff that's going on and i i have maybe more of a foundation than some but yeah a lot of it it's like you know it's changing all the time and the science is like developing and as the you know all of this information and so none of that is conducive to what i think most people are kind of more comfortable with which is like you know i want things not to move out from under me like you tell me it's a Mm -hmm. table i want it to be a fucking table when i come out in the morning and i sit down at the table and you're like i know we said it was a table but this now this elephant is actually running you know running around the room smashing things up and you're just like you just i'm in denial no fuck that it's the table put it back where i found where he left it like, right
0: is that it turns out it's not a table it's where the elephant sits down and rests its butt when it's tired and so we have to reconceptualize everything now yeah
1: exactly yeah and and so it's understandable but um i don't know what the i i i think <laughs> to kind of to harken back yeah. to what i was talking about earlier with uh what we do in the shadows There's also that episode where um, Nandor checks his email and he gets an email that tells him it's basically the email is like forward this to ten of your friends or (laughs) suffer the consequences like you'll be cursed and die but if you do you'll get fortune and it's like most of the episode he's like like freaking out about this because for him it's like this is this is true I must do this and and that I think about those emails and it's like the fact that those were and probably still on some level continue to have some effect on people is, is telling about how unprepared we are for the, like the onslaught of information and how yeah. information informs and affects how we behave on an individual level. And right. Yeah. And, and like our ability to live and s- swim in a fucking giant fucking muddy pond of insane amounts of information
0: yeah sorting through it is like so hard yeah i mean like i think about this like there are things that i give a shit about that i want to read about and and keep updated on and it's like i go to school and i like run the household and i still don't have enough time to keep up with all that shit yeah like i can even make arguments for like reading a lot of this stuff further bioethical arguments yeah and and like lump it into like oh i'm doing it kind of for school but like uh even spending like categorically all of my time reading and keeping up with stuff you can't like i just pointed out a bunch of stuff to my doctor the other day that she didn't know about that i was like i just read about this and this is a thing
1: yeah right and you can't you can't expect them even as experts to be um like when i when I started down my career path of computer science, um my my father was a computer scientist and did software development. And uh-huh. there was probably a point in his career where it was not unreasonable to expect for him or someone else in in his position to know pretty much everything there was to know about computers. Sure, like, right. You know, obviously there might be some like esoteric systems or whatever, but um but these days there's no there's no chance yeah and that's an entirely constructed system like that's that that whole system of like you know hardware and software and information theory like didn't even exist you know 100 years ago right and now it's it's so complex a a human being could lose their entire life in it and do like i mean i basically like resigned to drowning in that pool at this point Right <laughs> like I mean it's, and I was just thinking, I had use that kind of negative term because I was thinking about the designing dystopia, one of the features of a dystopia might be a dearth of information,
0: oh, just just pointlessly overwhelming amounts of information, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, with no that's, like that's excellent, you know and. And I think about like our current state, like when you, if you like sit down and you think of like yourself as like, I'm an individual, I'm going to go sit down at a terminal, i.e., like my phone or the computer or whatever, and I'm going to access the internet and I'm going to learn about a piece of information. You have so many choices about what you want to believe at the end of that. Would I like to believe that the sky is blue or would I like to believe that aliens like keep a blue light shining from, you know, the side somewhere where Mm -hmm. we just can't quite see it? All of those are certainly worldviews you can come away with if you'd like to.
0: Right. The far side of the moon is where it's coming from. Yeah. The
1: far side (laughs) of the moon. They have like a big sort of diffuse reflector, you know, like kind of in a photography studio and it's just soft blue that just shades down onto the planet. Like, you know, everybody understands how that works. Why do you think we we don't have images from the far side of the moon?
0: Right. (laughs) because it's sorry it's all just special effects (laughs) it's all just special effects (laughs) right? Um, which the internet will definitely tell you if you google it
1: (laughs) right i mean that's that's part of the problem right is it's not it's not a definitive source of information it's just a fucking deluge of like you know just insanity all of all of everyone's thoughts and ideas and dreams and hopes and fears like all just like in a big pool you can go swim in anytime and more and more you're forced to do it like Mm -hmm. if you want to have any semblance of like a work life you need to be able to at least swim in the pool a little bit which means you're constantly exposed to all of these insane fucking ideas
0: yeah it's yeah it's completely like you get completely overwhelmed by it i get overwhelmed like Well, I don't anymore because and this is not like some kind of a weird endorsement or anything, but I just bought a a giant like huge container of um, 800 loads worth of laundry detergent because I'm so fucking sick of the decision fatigue that goes with laundry detergents. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I got one that's just powdered, and you put a, t- a tablespoon of powder in the bottom of the wash machine, and you fill it up with water, and then close, and that's it. Like you don't have to think about it; you just do it. And I was like, I'll get the powder stuff because it dissolves just fine if you put it in before the clothes, and then right. you're not paying for shipping water around left and right. Right. And I was just like, they changed like the formula of the one I was using, and then like I can't just. I can't just get the thing I want. Anyway, I was finally fed up and I just did this other thing because like even something now like something as as like pointless and meaningless and like low stakes as trying to figure out what laundry detergent to use just becomes this like Extraordinarily fatiguing process of decision-making when you're confronted with an entire aisle of nearly identical bottles of fluid That you can't see with your own eyes, right? And you just have to trust that the fucking printing on the label means something which it doesn't because all these soaps are the same and they the reason I know this is that they share the same fucking patents and Like all of the information on the back of them is, is the same and the only thing they do to differentiate is change the outside of the bottle That's capitalism in a fucking nutshell, right? And then you're supposed to stand there and absorb the bullshit they're feeding you as if it means something and use that to base your decisions off of when you're trying to buy this shit. Like it's and it's ridiculous. You're just being set up to fail. There's and, no decision here.
1: And when you think about like the the impetus or the sort of the thing that these brands are competing over is like pennies per yeah. transaction. It's lots of money to them, but for you personally, you making a decision between you know do i pay 20 cents more for this name brand thing or you know and like having to like game out whatever fucking insane value you're trying to glean from this thing to save yourself 20 cents potentially or save yourself down the line heartache of like got in, getting the wrong detergent or having you know whatever the fuck you know problem it is like if whether it's like overly perfumed like most of them or whatever the right fuck it is um yeah it's nuts it's in it's sad because it's like on an individual level, we're literally being nickeled and dimed to death where those things don't I mean, they matter, but they also don't matter where it's like when you scale it I, up, it's I'm just expected
0: like, to spend as much time scrutinizing the label on a fucking laundry tub yeah. of like detergent as I am looking at like fucking prescription bottles. Like the, the, the amount of thinking I have to do to make these decisions yeah. rivals, the amount of thinking I should be doing around like, do you or do you not want a colonoscopy and what are the risks? You know what I mean? Like yep. it's like uh, the amount of energy And time I have to spend absorbing the information that's coming at me and then sifting through it to try and make a decision based on the nuances of the differences between one and another is like, it's so much work for the outcome. It's just like, it's a huge, all of this energy suck. Where is it all going? This is why everybody's depressed. Yeah. Because like, this is what my life has boiled down to. Life and death decisions about laundry detergent except nothing's life or death and there is no decision <laughs> right right
1: well there you have to make the decision even though <laughs> the out the the actual choice you make has no bearing on anything sure right. but you have to make the decision that's part you of the problem right? right it's not You're like forced. i can just say like okay great just give me the first one right well which one the first one well they're both equal so which one It's right. like it's insane um
0: I just have to get this stuff without perfumes and without dyes because otherwise my skin is like, I fucking hate you. And then yes. I itch and like get weird bumps all day long.
1: Yep. And no, then if same. I... Yeah.
0: yeah. So this Nelly stuff is great. You can get it like whatever. You can yeah. get it everywhere now. Yeah. I ordered the big jug. Nice. So I was like, I'm only doing this once. Right. <laughs> Until I die. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It'll, it'll be interesting to see how long... A bin of 800 loads worth of laundry actually lasts me like what is that in chronology
1: yeah yeah did you write a date on the box i'm gonna do it as soon as
0: we're done with this i'm gonna put it on with a sharpie yeah
1: Yeah, i writing 9th writing dates on things with a sharpie is kind of a magical thing um that i wish i had known about when i was younger uh i i got onto the practice when i started like with my boat um when i purchased my boat which is yeah um, because i'm a yacht owner of a whole 22 feet of of fiberglass that sits in the water Um,
0: 22 yachty feet
1: 22 yachty feet i mean it's it's magical and wonderful and i i do love it but um like when you uh my friend um my friend who kind of got me really into sailing a lot uh also keeps a boat and he um He's a retired Navy Admiral and he, you know, his He's boat's cool. like fucking ship shape and, and he like, you know, anything that is consumable or that needs to be changed regularly. It's like, he just writes right on there when it was last done right on there with sharp Nice. B. And so I've taken to doing that just in my life, um, yeah. with, with some things and it's, uh, it's pretty fascinating cause it's like, I, a, I don't have to try and remember, and B it's really telling when I look at something and I'm like, Oh man, it really has been two years since I like last did whatever this thing is, whether it was right. like, you know, changing out. Um, like I don't have a head on my boat, so I don't have to do this, but a lot of people keep, um, those boxes of, uh, baking soda to kind Oh of yes. keep, keep sure. uh, fresh, The smell, yeah. the smell down and stuff. And, um, and uh so oftentimes it has like sharpie marker on there to kind of give indication of when it was when it was installed but anyway
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, that's so smart i mean otherwise you're writing it some you're either writing it down somewhere else which is like where did i put that fucking list with all the stuff on it or you're not writing it down at all and then who knows
1: (laughs) yeah exactly yeah um so yeah go ahead
0: yeah I, i was just gonna say we were talking earlier today about how fallible our memories are yes and like how when I was a kid, I was like convinced. And now there's no real way to verify this for reasons I won't get into here, but you'll totally understand why. Um, I When I was very small, when my mom had me and then she went back to work, she took me to a lady in our neighborhood named Betty Nitty, who did daycare. Yeah. And I feel like... So it's lost on me exactly how long I went to this daycare. It felt like my whole life. Uh-huh. It was probably somewhere around like a week or two, maybe uh-huh. before it was so bad that my mom had to like take me to my grandma's house instead of this daycare center. Anyway, uh, we were talking earlier today, like I'm convinced that it was like a really long time. And my mom was like, you were there for like two days or a day or something. And I was like, I'm pretty sure it was longer than that. But now nobody knows. Uh, um, of course. Yeah. Um, but the fact of the matter for sure is that I did not stay there forever. It was a pretty quick turnaround before I went to my grandma's house. And I, I, Um, I just can't remember exactly how long that actually took. So it's nice to have, like, I wish I had a little tattoo on me somewhere that was like, (laughs) this is the date you started and finished at Betty Nitties.
1: Just a running, a running catalog chronology of your whole life, like down one arm or something, just in tiny little font, like totally significant dates. Yes. Um, yeah.
0: Like memento, but way fucking smarter,
1: (laughs) right? (laughs)
0: what are you putting all these esoteric tattoos on you you have a bad memory you're not gonna remember what any of this meant (laughs) why don't you put dates and details friend golly
1: yes (laughs) (laughs) oh god i know
0: uh oh man um what else yeah i don't know shit's good yeah we're uh We've we've crested the ca- a 900,000 body count 900,000 people dead from COVID oh, God. did you know that
1: in in the world in no. the United States in the United States
0: we're almost at a million the oh. the difference that we made the, the time it took us to go from 800,000 to 900,000 was like nothing yeah it was super short because of Omicron yep two years later here we are what are we going to do on the two-year anniversary of us going into lockdown?
1: I don't know. Go into we'll lockdown? Have to
0: have, go into lockdown again, again? Lockdown <laughs> down.
1: Lockdown down. Lock, down, down. lock, up. <laughs> lock up?
0: Lock up, Lockdown. I don't want to go in lock up. No, no. Um, I think uh, we have some exciting news, but I'm not sure if we should share it yet oh well about uh, about a new segment we're doing we could
1: talk about that a little bit yeah Yeah. um we you know it it, there's no pressure like i mean it's not it's not like we're you know committed to doing it if it doesn't work out um but we recently uh took on a field reporter yes in the southern hemisphere yeah which is really exciting um we haven't talked much with them about how how much of their identity or how they will be involved yet so um but they seem very excited so if they want and we're to, very excited yeah we're very excited so we're like um,
0: goofy excited
1: <laughs> yeah so hopefully we'll be we'll have some field reports to uh read or possibly be read by them or reported directly by them we're still kind of mm-hmm. working out the details um so that might be a fun interesting thing to to uh check in with um in the next few episodes uh also like I feel like we're we're gonna try and get back on track with publishing every week we're still filling in some some missing episodes uh that we have recorded that haven't been published yet but they'll be they'll be out and assigned to their dates properly hopefully in the next week Um, let's see what other housekeeping with the podcast I think that's I think that's really the big thing um yeah yeah I think that's a really cool thing uh and i'm
0: kind of like man why didn't we think of that sooner
1: yeah yeah i also i think it's pretty i cool. mean we didn't
0: think of it at all they thought of it we're yeah like, hey i want to be right. your field reporter and we're like that's fucking awesome
1: yeah <laughs> yeah when we got that email i was like uh yes please <laughs> um,
0: do you have suggestions for what you want to do on this weird podcast that doesn't pay anything but nobody can tell us not to <laughs>
1: Right, yeah I mean that's kind of what I was saying earlier. It's like if you have ideas, you're welcome to you know get in touch with us and see if we can help you put it together um, yeah and generally, uh you know how things are on the internet if once it's out there, like we can't control copies of it, but we would always try to respect your individual ownership of whatever work you provide, such that you know we would take it down if you didn't want it up anymore, or we would try to make sure that you have as much control over that as possible. Um, Right. You know, that's like, that's yours. That's your thing. Like if you've recorded an episode with us and you decide later that you really don't want that on the internet, no problem. We'll take it down. Like, that's just not a problem. Um, Or like, and I kind of, what I thought is like, if people want to kind of dip their toe in and maybe do a recording, see how they like it. um, And then if they want to branch off, fantastic. Like we're not going to claim any like weird ownership to your creative ideas. Like that's.
0: um, Yes, totally. That, we're not interested in that. At <laughs> yeah, all. exactly.
1: Um yeah, that's not. I mean, the nice thing is there's not a lot of like actual financial like resource that's being either laid out or being you know, being garnered by by us yeah. doing this. So, um right. it makes it really easy on that front too. Like there's just nothing really to squabble over. It's just a matter of just, you know, did you want it down? Great, we'll take it down. Do you want it up? We would love to discuss that and if everybody who's part of that agrees then we'll keep it up yeah Uh, so (laughs) uh let's see so um i think we're we're pretty close to the end here i we could do another um
0: design design snacky idea
1: yeah yeah so um
0: design concept
1: design concept so let's talk about uh here's just uh since we're still kind of waiting on um somebody to get their shit together in the uh, art research department and get the <laughs> colors of the day back and running. Um, we're going to look at uh, a, con- a concept <laughs> called critical design Ooh. Um, and critical design. Uh, this is as, as read or retrieved and maybe summarized uh, from Wikipedia on February 9th, 2022. Um, so critical design makes aspects of future physical pr- present to provoke to provoke a reaction Um, Mm. critical design is critical thought translated into materiality it is about thinking through design rather than through words and using the language and structure of design to engage people Um, it is related to the critical theory and the frankfurt school Ah. so um and critical theory is an, is any approach to social philosophy that focuses on relative assessment and critique of society and culture in order to reveal and challenge power structures. Um, mm, so I like this. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so the idea with critical design um, it uses this idea of like design fiction, mm-hmm. uh, which is to say like. Uh, basically being able to be critical of possible futures by creating speculative and often provocative scenarios in your design. So um or or like, you know, it's so it's kind of design fiction or and or speculative design, where you're kind of um like I, I recently read about this car that was created called the the low resolution Ferrari, I think, or low resolution oh, yeah? Lamborghini or something. And they'd they'd basically taken an iconic Lamborghini body and they reduced it down to these like fundamental shapes. So the car Mm. itself is impractical and just kind of a piece of shit. Like you can't, you know, it barely drives at all, but the idea of it, the shape of it is sort of this sort of angular, body with you know proportional panel like s- flat panels yeah. put together into like a very like kind of low resolution polygon sure um, with the idea of like here's here's the overall feeling and shape of it and so that's kind of a speculative design process in that sense that you're like you know what? am i capturing this the essence of this or um but uh, to go on, so uh, critical design, uh, the definition, a critical design object challenges an audience's preconceptions, provoking new ways of thinking about the object, its use, and the surrounding culture. So using this low resolution or this like minimalist sort of iconic car body design, we can, you know, it it might provoke new ways of thinking about the object, how it's used and and the surrounding culture around it, right? Mm -hmm. In this case, they were trying to capture some ephemeral body design or, like, iconic imagery of it. Um, You know, I mean, when you, like, looking at it, I'm like, the only way to get into the car is the whole body, like, cants up so you can, like, step under this, like, shell in order to sit in this, like, basically go-kart-like structure in order to drive it around. So not practical at all, but... Right. um, It does make you think about relation to cars especially in this case like visually like how are you re- you know how are we relating to this vehicle mm-hmm. um so uh so uh, the article goes on to say many practitioners of critical design have never heard of the term itself and or would describe their work differently referring to it as critical design simply garners more attention to it and emphasizes the design has implica- applications beyond problem solving um so this uh according to wikipedia article as of like i said february 9th um there whoever wrote this uh, or contributed to this is suggesting that it's more of an attitude than a style or movement um, mm. and a position rather than a method. Um, it did make me think about, um, you know, critical race theory getting, uh, getting a lot of notice in the, you know, in the news lately. And I read this yeah. and like always you read an onion article and you're just like, this is just so fucking close. It it's like, you know, a, a matter of degrees the difference between reality and what what this onion article was saying and the onion yeah. article was basically like a you know, they were like, um, you know, some black teacher getting fired for saying she was black in a classroom because she's not allowed to spread those radical ideas. Mm -hmm. And, and so she's being let go because she said she was black. And then like, you know, one of the, like the principal was quoted as saying like, next, you know, we're going to hear students saying my parents are black. Like just, it's this (laughs) kind of like the absurdity goes on forever. But when you read it, you're like, this is not that far from what's going on in some of these places. And it's kind of absurd, but, um, and heartbreaking and sad, but also just, you know, if you're not laughing at how horrible it is, like you're crying. So,
0: right. You know, but either I like laughing better than crying
1: generally. Yes.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Usually. Yeah. (laughs) Um,
1: (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't want to laugh like to make fun of like, I, yeah. Like it's, I, I don't want to, I don't want to be laughing if it's causing somebody else's harm. somebody else harm. Like I might. Yes. You know, um, anyway. Yeah. That's it's like the
0: measuring stick, right? Like, well, right. it doesn't matter how much you like it. If it's causing somebody harm, you shouldn't do it.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, that was an excellent critical, uh, or critical design, design concept. Yeah. That was great. Yep. That was a good one.
1: All right. Well, thanks everybody for listening. And I guess that's, uh, all we got
0: yeah i mean like oh i should say like critical theory is like this umbrella term too like Mm -hmm. there's critical race theory there's like critical like i'm sure it's critical feminist theory like you're just it's just like what from what viewpoint are you being critical like what are how are you trying to break down whatever it is you're doing into its essential components and understand the relationships that those components have with other things
1: right right yeah like i the idea the idea that you're teaching critical race theory is not It's not actually scary. Like it sounds like this like insane academic and it's like this like, you know, insane doctrine. It's like, no, it is. It's just a recognition of academic rigor around thinking about something. Right. In this case, race like, oh, you know, we're not allowed to think about it.
0: Right. Well, and also like, like the way that people describe it when they're upset about it is yes. inaccurate. And then everybody yes. just gets upset about a thing that's not actually happening. Right, right. That's exactly, <laughs> yes. Like I understand that you're upset, but what would you do if I told you that you could avoid being upset about this entirely because it's not true? Right. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Which brings
1: us full circle all the way back. To, to brandolini's law brandolini's law yeah, yeah. well speaking of uh, critical theory i think i'm going to go uh practice critical sandwich theory and uh, think Ooh. critically about making myself a sandwich for lunch so.
0: i practiced uncritical sandwich theory earlier today because damon made a peanut butter sandwich and i smelled it and i was like i just gotta have some peanut butter sandwich
1: <laughs> didn't think about it just went for it had just what went was straight on. for it
0: <laughs> uncritical
1: fantastic
0: Who is this peanut butter sandwich good for? I don't care. (laughs) It's gone now. I like it. (laughs) Anyway, uh, thanks everybody for listening to us. Bye, Buster.
1: Bye.
0: I bet there's another episode coming on right after this.
1: I'm sure there is. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
0: Okay. Bye.